Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert to buy now. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at slash hypergig for details. From UFOs to psychic powers and government conspiracies, history is riddled with unexplained events. You can turn back now or learn the stuff they don't want you to know. A production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome back to the show. My name is Noel. Our compatriot Matt is on adventures, but will be returning soon. They call me Ben. We're joined as always with our super producer, Paul Mission Control Deccant. Most importantly, you are you, you are here, and that makes this the stuff they don't want you to know. Longtime listeners, you know we've been at this for a while, and Every so often, we run into an episode that we can't believe we haven't covered yet. One thing Matt pointed out um, a while back that, that I always loved thinking about was that this show has become like one long conversation. So sometimes Matt, Noel, and I won't know if we've done an episode on something. We'll think we have because we've talked about it at length, just hanging out or on another episode or off air at sure. our favorite local bar. Right. And yeah, our favorite fa- local bar, the local. The local, yes, yes. Uh, and don't blow up the spot. If you go to Atlanta, you're more than welcome. Uh, tell them we sent you, uh, but but don't, don't tell everybody because we love the chicken wings there. So we were researching a secret project and we were researching some of the latest revelations about the U.S. government's uh, secret obsession with UFOs that they totally lied about for years. Uh, and then, Noel, I noticed something strange. We had talked about other alleged and proven secret investigations of this sort, but there's there's one we never dove into. And this is a story familiar to a lot of our ufologists in the crowd. I, <laughs> It's funny. I was thinking back on this, uh, trying to figure out when I first heard of this, this story, this phenomenon. And it's actually from my old hip hop days, there's a cannabis song called Channel Zero. Uh, I don't know if, have you ever listened to cannabis? No, it's funny though, when I was reading the uh, the outline, uh, I saw a mention of a cannabis song and I thought it was some sort of like cannabis themed folk song from your youth, like, you know, like, <laughs> right. a, like a pizza song or a spaghetti uh-huh. song, you know, like it was cannabis. No, I'm not familiar with the uh, the hip hop artist cannabis. Mm, uh, a little yeah, on the nose I, though for the, for the name, I'm not going <laughs> to it's great. Yeah, it was yeah, a different yeah. time. It was a different yeah. time. 
he did a he did a lot of um, diss tracks. He was known for his dense lyrical wordplay and his his also his love of conspiracy theories. Uh, but if you hadn't heard that song, you're not in the world of UFOs. You may not be aware of this story. So. Here you go, folks. Forget Project Blue Book or the latest uh, release about UAPs from Uncle Sam. For some people in the UFO community, the real investigation starts and stops with a single shadowy cabal, a secret elite group of military officers and politicians and scientists known as the Majestic 12 or MJ MJ 12. So here are the facts. First, Noel, man. Beat me here, Paul. The badger is out of the bag in a big f***ing way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's true. If you've ever listened to any of our earlier reports or videos, you're very much aware that the U.S. government has been extensively collecting reports of unexplained aerial phenomenon uh, for many, many years. And, you know, like the government does, they will likely continue to do so um, without, you know, cluing us, the public. And even that release that you mentioned, Ben, was kind of, you know, the one that was tailor-made for consumption of us uh, civilians. And likely there's another one that's much, much, much more uh, interesting that we will never, ever see. But it did contain some alarming revelations, first and foremost of which was the explicit statement that some of the sightings appeared to be controlled by some kind of intelligent force. Um, it also noted that some of the evidence might show that objects beyond the current technological grasp of humanity might also be involved. And this is not to say just the United States, but literally beyond the comprehension of anything that we as humans anywhere in the world uh, could possibly understand or let alone build um, like ever. Yeah, that's that's the spooky part. And of course, being a government report, they spend a lot of time asking for more money. Uh, the classified report that was published in Step uh, with this one that only went to Congress uh, is much longer. We know that much. Uh, and it goes into many more details. But it was so weird for this thing to come out when it did. The timing was either perfect or hilariously unfortunate because everybody who has survived the past few months or so, you know all the stuff that went down. Protests moved across this country and the world. Natural disasters are accelerating. There's a global pandemic that just does not show signs of stopping. And so many people were likely less interested in this report than they may have been in less turbulent times. But I love the idea. I love the way that the Internet treated this. It came out and people just sort of shrugged and said, all right, yeah, aliens, fine. That makes sense. I got a lot of other stuff going on, but fine, aliens. <laughs> it's true. The Internet's a big place, and so is the world of conspiracies. And many of them, you know, like we talk about all the time, are, you know, provable. The government definitely is lying to us, and uh, there's no reason to believe this isn't the case here as well. But, you know, it's sort of like you start watching a TV series. You like it. It's a good one. Maybe you get three or four episodes in, but then another shiny new one kind of catches your attention and you move on. Uh, and sometimes it's a while before you come back to that one. But we are coming back to this one in a big way. Um, again, no one has officially claimed there's any evidence of aliens, extraterrestrials, or tiny little green great gazoo type men. Um, instead, the focus has seemed to be more practical uh, in terms of threat uh, evaluation. Are these sightings a threat? If so, a threat by whom? Uh, who are they targeting? Um, and these are two very important questions that, at least in the public sphere, have seemed to become the focus of recent investigations and likely are going to remain the primary motivations for similar investigations in the future, at the very least on the part of the government, uh, as insofar as we know. Yeah, so if you look at it and you get past some of the exciting window dressing and you get past those two big revelations we just mentioned about um, appearing to be intelligent or steered by some sort of intelligence, uh, and you get past the revelation that humans possibly don't know what technology is involved, it makes sense that these sorts of investigations would continue because it's a matter of national security, it's controlling airspace, it's all the mundane but very important work that factions of the government do every day. But make no mistake, fellow conspiracy realists, UFOlogists often claim secrets about the U.S. government and UFOs in general, do remain hidden in the modern day. And the thing is that they're right. 
on some levels, they're right. There is that classified report. It was released to Congress, and it has much more than the ordinary American citizen was able to read. Uh, the belief in a government UFO team up, a conspiracy collab, a collapspiracy. We'll workshop that. Is oh, dude, no, that's coined. Coined, minted. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thank you. You're too kind. This is uh, this has long been ingrained in American consciousness ever since the UFO craze of the 1940s. Uh, stay tuned, by the way, for our upcoming episode on Men in Black. That's one. You know, before Matt headed out on his uh, his short adventure, that's one of the ones that he really wanted to be here for. We gave him we gave him the choice. We're like Majestic Twelve, Men in Black, choose one. No hesitation. No hesitation. So we're sort of a red for, pill, blue pill kind of situation. Yeah. It kind of was, yeah. And our leather trench coats, I think, looked good. I think it was. Quick, quick more, question, real quick, Ben. Yeah. How does Morpheus's sunglasses stay on? I've I've never understood. I know you can like buy them, but is it like just out of sheer Matrix magic? He only wears those when he's in the Matrix, if I'm not mistaken. Right, he's a digital avatar. So if anything, he could have gotten crazier with it. But uh, but this this idea, the idea that a government and some kind of extraterrestrial force could be interacting on some level. Uh, it's so ingrained that it has reached the level of modern folklore. And this is where we get to one less well-known piece of UFO conspiracy folklore. It's the idea that there is some shadowy cabal working in secret to manage government relationships with extraterrestrials. In this theory, aliens are real, the government knows about it and has interacted with them and to some degree. You know, sometimes they roll to heavy with each other. Sometimes they've had tense one-off encounters. But for some reason or another, Uncle Sam absolutely does not want the public to know what's going down. Now, have you, you've probably heard of stuff like this before, right, Noel? Okay. Um, so this is a twofold question, I suppose. Like, have I heard of the existence of this group in particular? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely heard of it. Uh, you guys did videos on this before I was involved in the show uh, to the degree that I am today. But of course, I mean, the notion that there is some group of whether it be researchers or scientists that are behind the scenes working with and or against the extraterrestrials, whether this is a threat assessment situation or whether we are trying to harness you know, craft that have been recovered uh, in a almost um, like the X-Files movie kind of way or maybe like a, a Independence Day kind of way. Absolutely. I mean, this has, you know, made its way, like you said, Ben, into the folklore of UFOs, which is a really great point that we talked about with Roderick Martin, um, the idea of UFOs being kind of modern day folklore. Oh, yes. Yeah, very much so. And this is where the rubber hits the road or the unobtainium hits the engine, however you want to phrase it, here's where it gets crazy. So let's talk about the legend first. If someone asks you, what is Majestic 12? We're going to tell you, get ready, you know, crack open a beer or your favorite recreation of choice, take a seat. Here's the pitch. Majestic 12 is a code name for a top secret committee that was formed in 1947 to advise on the recovery of alien spacecraft, the best ways to investigate them, and how, perhaps most importantly, to reverse engineer that technology. That's right. Also, the president is involved. He knows about this, again, in the framework of this conversation. They also gave the president uh, advice on how to handle interactions with extraterrestrials, how to um, generate a cover-up um, to explain away all of these UFO sightings, and potentially how to do a kind of slow reveal of the truth to the public so as not to cause panic you know, or, or alarm. Yeah, yeah, this sort of thing, this shadowy think tank is supposedly so secret, like above what you would consider top secret, above the idea of compartmentalized information. Apparently, it is so off the books that the people involved, and we'll talk about them in a little bit, uh, despite being prominent scientists, public figures, politicians, lauded military officials, 
Not a one of them ever spoke about this during their entire lifetime. And according to some theories, MJ-12 continues today, and it's continuing as kind of a hybrid between a secret society and a brain trust. I mean, by this point, you know, if it's still around, they might even have like a few aliens in the squad. They might have had some some new hires, you know? Well, sure. I mean, th- this is sort of, this is, is this not kind of the partially the prototype for the idea of the men in black. I know that's its own thing, but it's a similar kind of posse. You know, it's like the idea that, you know, the men in black in the movie, they had aliens that were friendly oh, yeah. that would hang out in the lab, uh-huh. you know? And they had a registration system, you know, they had certain laws. Uh, so if this is a real thing, it would be so huge that it, it's tough to imagine how it could be kept secret. And given, let's just assume that it's true and it's real. If it's such a hush-hush secret organization, then how on earth or in space are we able to talk about it on a podcast today? We're going to pause for a word from our sponsors who may or may not be aliens, and then we're going to start cracking down and breaking apart the mystery of MJ-12. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer? Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. So, like we said at the break, hope you had a good break, by the way. Uh, top secret, above top secret, not the website, but actually above top secret, you got these guys. I think we're nice enough guys, but we don't have security clearances. We're talking about this on a publicly available free podcast. How did that happen? 
when we answer this question, it also helps us examine the true origins of Majestic 12, and it gets us closer to actually solving the mystery, which, spoiler alert, may not work out the way we'd all like it to. So here's how the story goes. And here's the story that, uh, in terms of how we know about MJ-12 today. Once upon a time, Back in the day, there was a documentary producer and author named Jamie Shandera. And Jamie Shandera received an anonymous envelope slipped through his mail slot. Classic beginning of a good X-Files episode. That's right. The envelope was postmarked from an address in New Mexico and contained nothing but an undeveloped roll of 35 millimeter film. And uh, thankfully, Shandera had a pal who knew how to develop film. Um, this was back in the day where people like still had dark rooms in their homes. I'm, I'm sure some people are still into analog photography, but uh, definitely wouldn't have been as uh, as common. Um, so he took it to his friend, William Bill Moore, who was a conspiracy researcher. And Moore developed the film and discovered that it contained photos of eight pages of what they discovered to be classified documents. Uh, and these files, if legitimate, were telling a story, a top secret story, a history, in fact, of the Roswell cover-up. Yeah, so here's what these photographs of these documents say. It turns out that if these things are legit, Uncle Sam was publicly dismissing the vast majority of UFO sightings, and they were quick to launch investigations that explain those sightings away as mundane causes, right? Weather balloons, weird ice in the sky, stuff like that. But these documents said there was a hidden strategy at play. They date back to 1952, and they appear to be, you can read these online, they appear to be a briefing from the director of the CIA for then-President Eisenhower. And it describes several different UFO incidents from about 1947 into the 1950s. And then it says, hey, Eisenhower, you know, the guy who had the job before you, President Truman, he knew that extraterrestrials were real. He knew they posed an existential threat. And he came up with the idea of this thing we call, uh, of this group we're going to tell you about. It's 12 government officials and it's their job to investigate and figure out what the heck is going on. Yeah, and government speak, I guess you could consider this to be a committee or, or like you said at the top, some sort of think tank or brain trust. I like brain trust. It makes me think of like Krang the brain from uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoons, but I digress. Um, so this brain trust group committee um, included members of the military and scientists who were trying to figure out, they were tasked with figuring out not just how to respond to the crash at Roswell, but how to deal with other alien incursions that would likely, doubtlessly even, um, happen in the not-too-distant future. This was like, uh, you know, acknowledging this is a new threat. This is something we're going to have to figure out just the same way we are foreign powers, um, how to deal with them on both a diplomatic level and also just on pre preparedness level in terms of, you know, defending ourselves. Um, this document has also become known as the Eisenhower Briefing, and um, in addition to describing the purpose of the group, the memo um, suggested to President Eisenhower that its mission was incredibly important and must continue through the term of the new administration. Yeah, and I, I love this idea because I'm sure something like this happens when people are elected president or prime minister, depending on their country. You get, you get, start getting these memos that say stuff like, hey, Truman, I know you've got a lot of stuff going on, bro. Um, don't want to pile on your plate, but, uh, real quick while we have you, aliens are real, they're dangerous. Uh, don't tell anybody, but here's what we're doing. Most uh, of all, yeah. don't tell anybody. Most yeah. of all, yeah. don't tell anybody. Second of all, we need more money. But <laughs> according to, according to the documents, the name of the group Majestic 12 came from the size of the committee. And we know According to this purported memo and according to things that were written about it later, we know the 12 people who are supposed to be on this committee. And it's important to note that all 12 of these people, and we'll give you their names, are real people. They're real historical figures and they are luminaries in their field. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what I'm saying. When I hear Majestic 12, I think of like the Magnificent Seven or whatever. You know, it's like a an absolute, like each member has their own superpower uh, scientifically or in terms of the Magnificent Seven, you know, uh, gun slingingly. And what do you say, Ben? We'll round robin this for a piece. Uh, is the math working out there? I think that better. Sure, checks yeah, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so we start with Lloyd Berkner, who is a physicist and engineer. Then we have biophysicist Detlev Bronk. Um, sounds like a solid biophysicist name. Then we have engineer and inventor Vannevar Bush, who also headed up the U.S. Office of Scientific Research and Development during World War II. Um, and last in my little section here, we've got Secretary of Defense James Forrestal. They all make sense. They all make sense. Uh, next, we've got a longtime government official and lawyer named Gordon Gray. He's one of those behind-the-scenes guys in the world of defense and national security. Then we've got the director uh, director of the Central Intelligence Agency, Roscoe H. Hillencoter. Uh, he hmm. would later go on to become a board member of the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomenon. So that's a really interesting link for people who I gotta say, Ben, this. as far as names go, um, Gordon Gray kind of drew the short straw. He's like the, the, the least interesting name out of all of these. Yeah, his job is not to be publicly interesting, though. 100% you know I mean? true. So uh, then rounding out, rounding out the next one, we've got uh, Lieutenant Commander Jerome Clark Hunsecker, who was uh, a former U.S. airman and uh, heavy into aeronautics research. He's someone you hear about in other stories. I, I, the name Hunsacker is uh, distinctly familiar to me, though we do so many of these, I'm having a hard time pulling out where I know the name from. Um, next, we have theoretical astronomer and astrophysicist Donald H. Menzel, or Menzel, perhaps, uh, Lieutenant General Robert M. Montague, um, Rear Admiral Sidney Sowers, who is another director of Central Intelligence, USAF General Nathan F. Twining, and finally, USAF General Hoyt Vandenberg. So those are the 12. Uh, Paul, cue, cue some music for us there. Something that sounds, yeah, well, Ennio Morricone. Perfect. Mission Control, folks, he's a magician. So these are the 12 designated members, as described in these various documents and things written about it. But what we'd like to do now is look at some of the facts. And these are still crazy facts. First, if this is true, it would be absolutely stunning news for any number of reasons. First, it would be an indication, at least, that the U.S. government believes it has encountered the most important point in human evolution since humans started being humans. So Moore and Shandera are not sure what to do with this at first. At first, they decide they're going to keep this film and therefore the document's secret. And they're only going to show them to a couple of friendlies in the UFO community, people like Stanton Friedman. And then Friedman and Shandera and Moore would all later go on to say, hey, we were getting these anonymous phone calls that were directing us to discover other additional documents, including something called the Cutler twining memo and they say we think this is another thing that confirms the existence of majestic 12 so from their perspective this can lead to good research due diligence checking sources but it looks like somebody some anonymous source really wanted this to get out in the public because when these guys for one reason or another weren't spreading the word fast enough another anonymous source was contacting other authors in the UFO community, and it was offering something like these documents. So even if Shandera and Moore and later Friedman didn't want to play ball, it appeared that someone, somewhere, very much wanted this to enter the public conversation. This time, UFO community is pretty small. People talk to each other. So rumors about these documents spread. You know, little hints, implications, and more and more people are coming to these three guys and they're asking them for evidence. Whether accidental or orchestrated, the leaks began. Fast forward to 1987, there's an author named Timothy Good who takes the info into the mainstream and he publishes parts of this story in his book, Above Top Secret. Later that year, he also speaks about Majestic 12 openly at a UFO conference. So, boom. However, it turns out, not everyone was convinced about the veracity of this story. 
one guy, an author named Philip Class, K-L-A-S-S. Not the contemporary so, composer that just does arpeggios all the time? Not that guy? Yeah, I was bummed. I love Philip Class. I was like, I, this, how could this man be any more amazing? No way. Aliens, of course. That's so you, Philip. So that's it really what is. This is class with a K, not glass with a G. Um, exactly. But similarly, psychedelic weirdos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and we mean that, of course, as a massive compliment. Oh, 100%. So, class wasn't, he wasn't just going to, uh, you know, flop this stuff around in the shallow end of the UFO community pool. He went directly to the alphabet boys. He gave them the documents and he said, FBI, what do you think about this? <laughs> and this is one of my favorite parts of this story. So the FBI categorically denies everything and they debunk the heck out of this document or this collection, right, of, of documents based on these photographs, et cetera. Sure, like they do. But, yeah, but they kind of mess up when they do it because they, their answer didn't age well. It feels kind of childish maybe because they, you could say they shot themselves in the foot. When they were trying to dismiss it, if you look at their response, they went through the documents and they liter somebody literally like scrawled the word bogus in all caps. It's everything. Like the way an angry kid would, you know, write something on a paper that they didn't like. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, why are you so mad, bro? Why exactly. you got to like all caps that? Uh, I mean, surely there are more official ways of uh, denying the uh, veracity of a report than angrily scrawling the word bogus. It's almost like, no, exactly. Know? It is. It is the federal equivalent of, uh-uh. Yeah. So, or yeah, not me. It's you, whatever. But other investigators came in and, and they were all looking at the same documents and they were pointing out numerous signs of, if not forgery, things that indicated this was not, this was not written the way that a government document would be written. Like uh, Truman's signature is legit there, but if you look closely and you do some photographic analysis, it looks as though someone had taken a, something that he really signed or a reproduction of it. And they had cut it the way you would clip coupons back in the day. And they just cut his signature out and then they had carefully pasted it on the, on the memo. And they were like, no one is going to bust us. This is top tier spycraft. It's kind of a slick trick, you know, for the eighties. Uh, I've seen definitely like movies and, and, uh, and, and TV shows where people have like forged stuff by cutting out, you know, um, text from other parts of documents and then um, pasting it and then photocopying it so you can't see the edges. Um, but, uh, yeah, it seems a little uh, rudimentary for the U.S. government, right? Yeah, it sure does. Uh, also, there are different discrepancies that the FBI knows other countries' intelligence agencies would notice. So it's not as if this could have fooled the Russians or intelligence agents in China or anything like that. And then there's a, a regular kind of wonky format for the date. And later investigators would say, hey, this irregular format is kind of similar to uh, the way Bill Moore would date certain documents. So already there, there's a lot of division about the provenance of this information. And this is where people start to get a little bit, a little bit more freaked out. Uh, for the skeptics, it's important to note the FBI, even if their bedside manner is lacking, the FBI saying this is bogus is good enough for them coupled with all the discrepancies in these photographs of these papers. But then for people who are more on the hardcore UFOs or real side, this is how cover-ups happen. The truth is eroded over time, and then the Overton window of the conversation shifts, and soon enough it ends up being buried. And that may have been the case were it not for a gigantic bombshell that dropped in 1989. So now we're going to pause. There's some men in black knocking at my door. Uh, Mine too weird. Yeah, they've got great timing. I'll give them that. They would be awesome as a dance troupe, you know, so choreographed. Uh, but we're going to pause. We'll talk to those dudes uh, while we're on a break for a word from our sponsors. And if we make it back, we'll tell you what this bombshell is. It might not be what you expect, but it was huge. 
Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house. And I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you solve the world's biggest mysteries or take on alien life. At least not the ones you're thinking of. But they can help take care of pesky invaders in your home. Like the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, and the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know true crime, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. And we're back. Ben, I have a weird like hole in my memory for some reason. Like I don't really remember anything today before what's happening right now. That's fine, right? Who are you? Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, the bombshell, though, right? It says it right here on the page. <laughs> the, there's a bombshell. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, like it's dropped in 1989. It's coming back to me a little bit. Why do I have a signed picture of Will Smith? Okay. He's a you national know, treasure. Okay. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. I just didn't notice it before. But but you're right. Um, uh, we do. We are slowly recovering our faculties now. And so we do remember enough about life before that ad break to tell you that, yes, a bombshell dropped in 89, uh, as you said, Noel, but it was not the one ufologists were hoping for. Remember we said Bill Moore was the second guy to have seen that memo about Majestic 12. He went to a MUFON conference, and MUFON, again, uh, like we talked about with Roderick Martin, MUFON is uh, the world's like largest civilian UFO monitoring investigation body. So... Bill Moore is at MUFON, and he says, I have been actively involved in a conspiracy, folks. And this conspiracy doesn't really involve aliens. Instead, for years, I've been helping the U.S. government spread disinformation in this community as a patriot because I want to help 
throw a smokescreen over the actual classified projects Uncle Sam is doing. He says, I've been given the government information about the UFO community, about people in the community, some of whom are in this room, including sure. my individual peers. And I've been doing this in exchange. This is a um, Hannibal Lecter type quid pro quo. I've been doing this in exchange for material and claims that the government supplies me that I later put into my books that you guys buy, by the way. Yeah, and he, he did seem to genuinely believe um, that MJ-12 was a sort of kind of reward for his work with the Air Force's disinformation campaigns and the news of this happening was not particularly well received uh, and more soon left the UFO community uh, in disgrace. And these are all pretty cooperative kind people in the UFO community for the most part. We've, we've, we've definitely hung out with some of them and um, they all seem to really take this kind of bond seriously. They treat each other like family. So to be ousted in that way, that would require quite a pretty big transgression, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's an act of betrayal and regardless of uh, what circles you move in, that kind of betrayal uh, usually doesn't land well with people. Uh, so <laughs> it seems that Majestic 12 was indeed a conspiracy. It was at heart a genuine conspiracy, but it just wasn't about extraterrestrials. It was about disinformation. So it was a propaganda move to disguise real research from those foreign intelligence agencies we mentioned earlier. If this is the case, and fellow conspiracy realist, the evidence overwhelmingly indicates it is, then that means this conspiracy was successful. In fact, it was much more successful than its original authors could have ever imagined. MJ-12 is a hot topic of conversation in UFO forums today. It's often just treated as accepted fact, and people will just say, oh, yeah, well, after 1947, you know, they got the, the brain trust together and those guys or some iteration of them have been in charge of this topic ever since. And in defense of the original ufologist, the ones who got like the guy who got the manila envelope, the people who he shared this story with, et cetera, et cetera, with the exception of Bill Moore they genuinely seem to believe the story is true. So they don't, from their perspective, they're not running a disinfo or psyop, you know what I mean? A campaign of any sort. They, they are acting in good faith. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, the story, uh, many of you who know about this probably know the story has been debunked over and over again, even within, you know, UFO enthusiast circles. Um, but there's something, it's got a little something to it that just uh, makes it, sort of hang around. Um, and I'm wondering what you think, Ben, might be the reason that this does continue to circulate in the UFO community to this day, even though it's been so, you know, unilaterally kind of shut down. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I posit that we can find the answer to MJ-12's continuing popularity. Uh, we can find it in part in a version of what Emily Dickinson would have called a slanted truth. You know, of course, Emily Dickinson, the famous poet uh, who said, tell the truth, but tell it slant. So the MJ-12 forgery does appear to A, be a forgery, and B, describe a fictional group. But what it describes could very much be a real thing because this group is described as functioning very much like another kind of real, sometimes secretive, genre of organization, the think tank, like RAND or the um, Carnegie Endowment for International Peace. That's the oldest modern think tank, started in 1910. They're still kicking it today. Uh, think tanks are deeply entrenched part of Washington's corporate political structure, and they do not need aliens to be dangerous. That's right, because uh, as many critics of think tanks point out, these institutions often tend to be more concerned with the views of their incredibly wealthy and influential donors, uh, which consist of individuals and corporations who are also now considered and treated politically like individuals. Um, and it's in the same way lobbyists are a thing. Think tanks are often intended to sway public perception. Um, so, you know, if you have enough scientists in a room saying the thing that makes your corporation look like the, the good guy, then 
people do tend to believe scientists. And it's, I hate to, this is no disparagement on the scientific community, but we know there are certain scientists that maybe have fewer scruples than others. Um, ones that maybe work for big oil companies uh, or like geologists that do, you know, work um, on fracking and, and drilling operations that are ultimately very, very bad for the environment. Um, but good for their pockets. And again, this is no shade on anybody that takes a job. Maybe I can't not, I can't walk that back. Maybe it's a little bit of shade, but you know, then there are scientists who are just, the truth is the only thing that matters. Uh, And I refuse to be the puppet of some wealthy donor or organization. Um, But that's kind of what think tanks are. Uh, Now there are good think tanks, right, Ben? I mean, that's not to say there aren't think tanks that are actively out to uh, sway public perception in, in in a direction that is good, you know, for the greater good, not just these, uh, these wealthy individuals and organizations, right? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. It's, it's one of the, it's similar to like a don't let one bad apple ruin the bushel kind of thing. But the fact of the matter is that money does talk and there can be clear conflicts of interest with think tanks uh, and they can, they can have a big effect on policy for good or for ill. And so with this in mind, these actual conspiracies that we've named, it, you know, honestly, it might be a relief for something like Majestic 12 to go public. And I bet you, based on everything we've seen so far in, in the past year and a half or two years now, if the government came out and they said, uh, okay, everybody, one, aliens are real. Uh, two, we kick it with them. Three, we have a secret t- think tank. It's all about it. Uh, then I, I, posit, I, I bet you that there would be uh, a lot of people who would go, oh, yeah, 2021, aliens. Why not? Well, but, but, but all of those things are things the government would never actually do in that way that you're describing. Like their answer to that would be a press release or some, you know, full, heavily redacted document that says, see, see, we were honest. Here it is. We gave it to you. Um, but the government, there's a couple of things the government won't ever do. It won't ever really admit that it's wrong um, on things that matter. It might do like a, like take an L, you know, as they say, and oh, this is a sports thing, right? Is that a basketball thing? Um, it's just in general taking a loss. It is, but I think it, I think it comes from sports. Uh, but they might do that on a, on an issue that maybe doesn't matter or it's like part of rhetoric, but never on the things that actually they have done. They, they will never like come out and say, yeah, we supplied weapons to this militant group that is now what we consider terrorists. Oops. Sorry, y'all are bad. They'll yeah. dance around it and talk about it in a different way. But no, they, they will never come right out and say that. Or at least not until decades have passed, right? And it's no oh, longer. Oh, and there's, there's a pl- deniability and separation. Time, right. you know, heals all wounds and all Different that, administration, right? but, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The people involved have died, so they're beyond the bounds of prosecution. Yeah, that kind of stuff, unfortunately, does happen. I love the idea, though, that if admitting aliens were real was a last-ditch attempt to distract from something else. Like, what would that something else be? I love the idea of, like, it turns out magic is real. You know, like that old Dave Chappelle sketch where he talks about, <laughs> yeah, aliens are coming, it's over. Uh, JFK was killed by one guy acting alone. He shot him with a magic bullet. Magic's real. Uh, I, I would love that. And the, JFK the was also a werewolf, it turns out. That magic bullet was, uh, mm-hmm. was silver, was, was pure silver. There it is. I would love, I would love, love, love to be at that level of surreality. And maybe we'll get there. 2021 has certainly been the year for it, and it's not over yet. But today's episode is. We're drawing to a close. Uh, we, you know, it's, it's always a little bit of a bummer maybe when we have to bring critical investigation to these stories because, again, we want them to be true. It would be We want there to be magic in the world. Yeah, we want to believe. It would be unethical of us to not follow the truth where it leads. So if you have any evidence uh, that, if you have any evidence that you think can prove the existence of Majestic 12 or something like it, with all the implications that existence would carry with it, then we would love to hear from you. 
We would. And I just want to say, too, like, I mean, this is a, a, a very good primer, I think, on Majestic 12. But there's a lot of, of other conspiracies that are wrapped up in Majestic 12, um, a lot of rabbit holes to go down. And we highly recommend you do your own research, as we always do. Um, and this is a great jumping off point for that. So let us know what you find. Um, you can find us on the Internet in all of the usual social media places of note, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, where we are Conspiracy Stuff or Conspiracy Stuff Show on Instagram. Yes. And if you don't sip the social meads, if you're going off the grid and you're like, I have one way I will contact people, it's using a telephone. I found the one payphone that's still standing in my neck of the global woods. Uh, then never fear. You can call us as well. Uh, we have a phone number. It is 1-833-STDWYTK. You've got three minutes. Those three minutes belong to you and no one else. Tell us your name. Give yourself a sick moniker, sick nickname. Tell us what's on your mind. Uh, let us know if we can use your voice and or message on air. And perhaps most importantly, don't feel like you have to edit yourself. Folks, if you have a story that needs more than three minutes, don't have to keep pushing quarters into the phone to call us. You can write the story out in full, give us links, give us photos, any supporting evidence you have. Uh, we read every email we get, and we'd love to hear from you. Send all that stuff to us where we are. Conspiracy at iHeartRadio.com. Stuff They Don't Want You to Know is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirks Bentley, Janet Jackson, Megan Trainer, Peso Pluma, Sean Paul, Sum 41, and many more. For way less. Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long. For just $25. $25 each. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to buy now. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention, true crime enthusiast. Searching for a way to unwind after diving deep into the mysteries that keep you up at night? Look no further. Introducing Lazarus Naturals, your trusted companion for CBD relief. With a commitment to transparency, Lazarus Naturals oversees every step from farm to doorstep, ensuring purity and quality you can trust. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today and discover how CBD can help you decompress and recharge for your next investigation. That's LazarusNaturals.com. Lazarus Naturals. Your partner in unraveling the mysteries of true crime. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax. Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X dot com.